G'day and welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. We hope you find this encouraging. Come on, we're just hitting dead ends. And then last night I had a thought of something that, and yeah, that just sort of got me thinking about the kingdom in a different way. Not saying at all that that's what's happening here, but just that, yeah, to work out what the kingdom is, I've found that with Jesus it's best to look at the king himself to work out what he's trying to establish. So I want to kick us off by critiquing some world leaders because I <laughs> love politics. Um, who, someone throw at me a world leader in the area in the world that they lead. Vladimir, and where is he from, Dave? Russia. So Vladimir, if you met him, you can get sort of an idea about what Russia's about like because you get to meet their leader but you're not going to get a clear picture of what the Russian people are like or what their nation is actually like just from him who's got another one for us ScoMo good one hitting close to home same with ScoMo doesn't matter how like good a leader you are you can't really encapsulate the full like the area that you have authority over isn't necessarily embodied by you here on this earth. But the cool thing about the kingdom of God is that the king himself actually embodies everything that he's establishing. So, yeah, today I wanted to look at a few passages, mostly in the Gospels, just to work out sort of who this king is and what he's trying to establish by his actions and the thing he says, things he says. So I suppose to set the foundation in Luke 20, Jesus says that he didn't come to serve, uh, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And I think that's just like core foundation of his ministry, of his kingdom, is that we're people who serve. And if we want to be part of his kingdom, you will become like him and serve like he did. So yeah, discipleship groups on Thursday nights we've been going through some of the parables and a lot of them talk about the kingdom of God is like this, the kingdom of God is like this and they're just giving you this picture of that but I want to zoom in on a few stories of Jesus himself. So we're going to look at um, Matthew 14, it's the feeding of the 5,000. So side note in this passage, one of the preachers I like listening to, his name's Robbie Dawkins, and he's, yeah, really just loves going after God, seeing his kingdom come in terms of like signs and wonders. And something he shared about this passage was like God was sort of talking to him about the revenge of God. It sounds sort of, yeah, an interesting phrase. But in this passage, it starts off and says that when Jesus heard about it, and the it that it's talking about is his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded, like unjustly, just been murdered. And so Jesus in this time, he's actually withdrawing, trying to just get by himself, get with his father. And yeah, Robbie was sort of sharing that like God was talking to him about this revenge of God and like, what is it? And he's like, if there's such a thing, I want you to show me it in scripture. And the Lord took him to this passage 
And you see what happens is like Jesus, like the devil just still kills and destroys. John gets beheaded. And the next thing you know, Jesus is here looking like he's down and out. But then a crowd appears in front of him and he's healing the sick. He's teaching them the kingdom and he's just destroying the works of the devil. Oh yeah, we'll read through this passage now. So when Jesus heard about it, so this is from verse 13. When Jesus heard about it, he withdrew there from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. When the crowds heard about this, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a large crowd. I don't know if you've ever been a time in your life where you want to be alone. You're drawing away because you're, you're going through a tough patch. And yeah, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm, something I'm not wanting to encounter is people with issues. You want to just be on your own. You want to just chill out. You want to sort of recuperate. But Jesus isn't like that. In this scenario, he says, when the crowds, says, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd, had compassion on them, and healed their sick. So that's what our king does in this kingdom is he doesn't, he's not selfish. He's not self-seeking. He actually looks out for the needs of others, even though he himself was in a tough spot. When evening came, the disciples approached him and said, This place is deserted and it's already late. Send the crowds away so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. They don't need to go away, Jesus told them. You give them something to eat. But we only have five loaves and two fish here, they said to him. Bring them here to me, he said. Then he commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them. He broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate and was satisfied. They picked up 12 baskets full of leftover pieces. Now those who ate were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. So I don't know how many times you guys have heard that passage, but if you just try to picture it, that is a ridiculous miracle. If you've ever been in a spot with 5,000 people and you need to try to feed them with like a basket full of food, it's insane. And in Luke's account of this, like if you just try to picture what's going on in this miracle, because it's not super descriptive, but Luke's account of this says that he broke the bread and kept giving it to the disciples until everyone was satisfied. And so I was just picturing that, and it's like Jesus has just, just got the bread, cracked it open, and just like put his hand through some curtain into the kingdom of heaven and just keeps dishing out these loaves of bread straight out of the conveyor belt of heaven until everyone was satisfied. For me in this, in verse um, 15 and 16, is super challenging because... The disciples are doing what I think I would probably do far too often and that's when when things like it says they look at what's going on and they think we can't do this in our strength. This isn't possible. How can we solve this issue in the way that the world thinks? And so they decide to go to Jesus and say send them all away. But Jesus actually says they don't need to go away. So there's actually, we don't need to go any other place than Jesus to find what we need. 
And I've heard this um, passage preached on heaps, like spiritually as well, like he is everything we need spiritually, and that is so true. But in this passage, it's actually physical as well. Like when we need something physically, he can actually provide that as well. And I think I find that for myself like almost the harder part to believe. Like I know that he has what I need spiritually, but it's harder. To, I find it harder to trust him for those physical needs as well. And I'm often not in the position because I'm providing for myself rather than actually like sort of trying to listen to him and see where he wants me to go. Especially in this like season of, I've been living at home my whole life, but now I'm thinking about having to move out of home, start providing, get married, and then there's a whole like and wedding. There's like so many different things coming up, which requires like finances and so many other things. And I could just try work out how to do that in my own strength, and that's going to just cause worry. But Jesus, He said multiple times, like seek first His kingdom, and all these things will be given to you. Like He will provide. So the King in this kingdom is a provider. Yeah, same with that um, physical provision. I've heard like multiple testimonies overseas and like the mission field where God provides because they're in positions where they need things. And yeah, I just challenge us and for myself to not put yourself in positions where you're like you've unwisely got yourself in a position of need, but just trust the Lord for things like, especially if something's too big. I've loved working alongside Scotty the whole process through Manor. He's not taking like stupid risks, but the amount of times where we need the Lord to come through and the amount of times the Lord keeps coming through is just amazing to be next to him when it's happening. So I wanted to flick across and look at Philippians 2, which shows us the humility of our King. So who can tell me what John 3.16 says? Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And there's more to it. Yeah. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So when in God giving his son, this is what our king has gone through. In a nutshell, so from in um, Philippians 2 verse 5. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So in this kingdom, our king is a humble king. He's one who will lay his life down. If you read through the crucifixion and the process up to that he's he's getting accused by people and he's remaining silent in humility he's getting 
He's getting mocked and beaten, dressed up as if he is a king and treated like he's not. And he remains silent through it all. Doesn't, doesn't even sin. And then he's on the cross, getting mocked by the people he's come to save. And he turns and sa- says to his father, he says, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So something I've learned this week is that the kingdom of God is in a nutshell to be like the king himself. So we're going to sing another song now, just talking about so many reasons why we can bless the Lord. But yeah, I just want you to reflect in that time as well, just different, I suppose, on the different stories that stand out to you of how Jesus demonstrates his character, demonstrates his father's character and what his kingdom is like. But yeah, as we bless, as we sing the Lord and bless the Lord in this, just reflect on those things and yeah, see how you can take that into your life.